And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, yes, we are back. It is April 14th, Wednesday. You are lucky enough to have a new edition of the Weighing In Podcast. We've got Podcast Dave on the controls and the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Josh the Punk Thompson he is there, and we're going to talk about some of the fights coming up. We've got Bellator on Friday the 16th, and then we have the UFC on the 17th, along with the Triller Show, Ben Askren taking on the poodle-haired kid, Jake Paul. What's up there, Josh? Poodle, poodle. Oh, also, guys, make sure you guys and you guys click on that YouTube channel. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the little notification bell off to the corner. That'll share our videos to everyone else. We want to thank you guys. We were trying to do this in the beginning of the show because we've had a lot of comments in that comment section because you guys know I read all that garbage. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love when you guys are in there just bashing me. It makes me feel so good because we keep that comment section positive. <laughs> Remember at the end of that bash, when you guys bash me, just hit hashtag and still baby. And still. that's all that matters. That's all I care about. As long as you guys are hitting the you know hashtag and still, I love it. Yeah, hit that thumbs up though. Share our videos, post our videos. We will retweet them, reshare them, whatever it is. And we thank you guys for just even listening to us. I know that 98% of you guys are here for Big John, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> no. I love it. I it's love the combination, baby. I, I love the comments. Uh, that you know, I'm glad they've kind of been keeping it positive down in there. You know, the first couple comments are always super positive. Glad you guys drop on Sunday. You guys are awesome. You guys are amazing. I love all the tweets on on social media too. The Ann still giving Ariel and DC a hard time. It. It's just <laughs> bad that Ariel and DC just can't admit it to themselves yet. They're, they're I don't even know if they're second best. They might be third. I mean, everyone keeps telling me believe him, you or whatever it is is pretty good too. The, the one with Bisping. I don't even know what it's called, but it's it's that guy. Okay. All right. Well, I love it. Let's let's talk the let's uh let's get right into this. We're gonna talk Bellator's card, uh, which I think this card is gonna be is pretty good. And look, John and I we work for them, so let's just full disclosure. But this card is set to be ha to have some bomb ass fights, and I mean from the beginning of the prelims, so on. You know, for those of you guys who don't recall, there's Mads Burnell, who's fought in the UFC, and there's also Saul Rogers. They are fighting each other. Saul Rogers was the winner, I believe, of the Ultimate Fighter, or the, uh, sorry. He was? Well, he, 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 did, he didn't win the Ultimate Fighter because he went to the finals. He beat, like, Ryan Hall and everybody that he fought to get there, and then he, his, he had visa problems, so they put Ryan Hall in his place to fight Artem Lobov, and Ryan Hall wins. And Sal Rogers was sitting there with his hands out, getting nothing. He got screwed. Yeah, he, he got has, screwed. Yeah, I do. I do recall he had some visa problems even after we signed him. Good thing we kept going to the UK, so he was able to fight. But he had some visa problems even after we signed him. Yep. Uh, they got it all sorted out, and so him and Maz Brunel should be a great fight. Maz Brunel is nasty, good on the ground. He's got a great. He's got probably one of the best Japanese neckties in the game. Oh. He's got and he's caught me with it. Jeez, I shouldn't. <laughs> public, but I'm saying it anyways because I am older, so it doesn't really matter anymore. My ego, I just brush it off. Anyways, um, you know, but Martin no. Rolling, man, don't matter. Phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, jujitsu. Really good on that Japanese necktie. And he goes right from there too to a nice little darse uh, that he likes to set up. <clears throat> uh, but it's good stuff because I like to hit that half guard game to get up. Or at least get the sweep, and he was he was baiting me every time. I was able to get out like the first two or three times, and then towards the end, he finally just 
sucking me into it. Getting your but, neck uh, all twisted. Now you're going to have a neck like me. It's all going to have surgery. Don't do it. Of course. I think I already do. It's <laughs> denying the inevitable for the next surgery. Uh, that, that, that's the fight that starts the card off. So I'm pumped for that fight. That should be a really good fight. That's and then a good fight on there. I, can you blow that up for me, buddy? Because I got really bad eyes. The next fight on there is Marcus the Blueprint Surin out of Henzo Gracie's against Lance Fearless Gibson Jr., Lance Gibson's son, Julia Bud's stepson. And uh, he's good. He's he is. very He's grown up around fighting. Marcus Surin's good, though. He is good. He's got really he's got good wrestling. He's got great, great ground game. He's long. He's effective on his feet, so it's it's a good test. We'll see what happens. I wonder if he's a lot, really lot more experience. Trying to get Lance Gibson down, though. I, if I was him, I would. I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can either. That's the if whole. If he can get him down early, I think he'll have some success. If he can't get him down early, it's gonna be a oof, rough night. Yeah. Lance Gibson is, is a little bit like his father was. Very explosive, very fast. You know, I don't know if he got. He's to- more explosive than his father. was. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, I don't know if he has the heavy hands like his dad did. His dad, he might not have the same. Yeah. Uh, the kid, the fight that I'm really excited about, which actually I was I was excited about it before because we had Daniel Weichel fighting Pedro Cavallo, but <clears throat> that fight fell through because uh, I believe Daniel had either um, some visa problems. So then they brought in J.J. Wilson, the Maori kid. He really good on the ground. Long, lanky, just fast explosive he gets in your grill he's not afraid to get after it had a great win over uh taiwan claxton and was able to you know keep taiwan claxton pressed to the fence and do some nasty dirty boxing in there drop back down the legs up and down up and down did some good work uh but he's phenomenal on the ground but then so is pedro cavallo so that fight itself to me is very exciting i'm excited well, and then jj's last fight was what 20 seconds it was a knockout oh that's right and he starts that just forgot about it. that oh yeah because yeah. it was so fast. <laughs> Goodbye. I forgot about that. I thought that I thought the Taiwan Claxton was his last fight. No, he had a fight in between there. Yep. Right. Twenty <clears throat> second knockout, man. It was vicious. So then you got uh, Victor Nemkov fighting um, King Carl Albrechtson. So you've uh, <clears throat> Victor is Vadim's brother, older brother. He was, I, he was the light heavyweight champion at M one for a long time. Oh, was he? Yeah. He's good. He's a good fighter. He's tough. 30 and 7, he's got a lot of fights. Yeah, he's been around a while. Mm. They, don't look, they don't look old, though. Uh, it doesn't it look, doesn't, you're right. It doesn't look really old. It doesn't look old. They got some good genes. <laughs> yeah. uh, then, then we have, uh, after that one, we have the rematch. Uh, this one ended in a horrible fashion. It was Ray Daniels against Peter Stanonik, and both really kickback boxing backgrounds, and they're going to be in a in a cage with small gloves, so it's kind of fun, but two fucking shots to the pills by Ray Daniels. That was the end of it for Peter Stanonik. I didn't blame him. He got hit hard. So Yeah, it was... Well, you know it's bad when the guy is spitting. Crying. Almost, yeah, he's crying, like legit <laughs> crying in the, in the cage, <clears throat> in the fetal position, but on his hands and knees in the fetal position, and, like, spit is coming out of his mouth because he can't manage to, like slurp it back up to get it from coming out of his mouth just dripping there he's in so much pain i mean and within seconds oh five seconds after it started again boom i was like oh brutal man man and you and a spinning back kick from ray daniels is not something you want to get hit in the nuts with 
Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, I'll, a hard pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. <clears throat> um, what else? Yeah. Oh, what happened to uh? You have uh, Sean Asher versus Steve Mowry. I thought it was supposed to be um. Uh, uh, Talk to me, Goose. Roar, not uh, not Rory. Supposed, to be. yeah, Ronnie Marks. Ronnie Marks, not Rory Marks. Ronnie Marks <laughs> Ronnie was supposed Marks. to be on there. That that didn't happen. So uh, Steve, that's all right. He's good. He's pretty big, man. Six eight. Steve Mowry, six eight. Hey, but, but lean, not he has zero body fat. You know, yeah, he's he a big good. Boy. He's good on the ground. His stand up is really the whole thing. You know, he working on his stand up all the time. Wants to be kind of a stand up guy, but his ground game is good. He gets most of his wins KO or submission. So you're you're like some one of your all time guys is the guy you, people just don't know of is Julius Anglicus. Yeah, you like him a lot. I do because you talk about him a lot. You talk about a guy that's got zero body fat at 205 pounds. He's huge. Yeah. You know, he looks like Mr. Clean on the damn bottle. And he's just he's just put together. But he's actually got very good boxing. Decent kicks. But he's kind of stiff looking. But he's effective. He throws a, a jab. He's got heavy hands. And, man, he's hard to take down. I've watched numerous guys try to take him down. Unbeaten fighters. And he has stuffed all of their attacks, and he just makes them fight his fight, and he beats them to the point they can't continue on in the fight. So he's tough. This pitcher that Dave just pulled up, Dave's just admiring his body, wishing. He <laughs> Dave's like, yeah. gosh, I wish I ever had. I wish I had one ab that looked like that. Dave came fine abs on his. Fine <laughs> an ab, the entire thing. The whole entire thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, look, there's a big one, big ab, <laughs> born that way. Uh, uh, you've, you've never seen your dicky do, huh? Because <laughs> your belly's to go farther than your dicky. Oh, do. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, he has no. This is the strangest thing. He has no comeback. It must be true. I mean, you're old with CTE, so I don't know why else I need to really say. <laughs> oh, I love it. Making five year old oh, jokes. Oh man, I I love the five year old jokes. I'm trying to relate with with our audience. <laughs> trying to relate with our audience. Oh man. Um. Main card, let's go. Desiree. Mm-hmm. Dirty, dirty Desiana is against Vita Ortega. That's a good fight, actually. I mean, it, it, they match up well. And it's always when you have those those fighters that kind of have the same style and they both come forward and they both just swing and sometimes just make mistakes when they do it, but they're tough. This, it actually could be a really good fight, fun fight to watch. I think it'll be fun. I just think it it should be... It shouldn't be on the main card. And nothing personal against uh, the females. I just think that if you scroll, like the Mads Burnell and Saul Rogers, bigger names, a little bit bigger names, and just the quality, I think, of what's at stake for both of those guys. I also think that J.J. Wilson and uh, Pedro Cavallo fight should be on there as well. Uh, I, I could put, you could even put uh, Millard versus Angelicus on there. I mean, those are three top-level fights that should be probably ahead of those, uh, ahead of that fight. But just the, whatever we're splitting hairs, I think realistically. But I think I think they're going to be. It's going to be like you agree. I agree with you. It's going to be a fun, fun fight. But we're talking when I start talking about the quality of of a fight. I don't think it should be on the main card. Just my own personal opinion. Uh, right. Like the, you know, you've got if you scroll back down oh, to the beginning on, of the card, here? yeah, on the card, yeah. Let's see who else is on that. You mean like I wouldn't even mind watching the Stanonic fight and P and Raymond Daniels. You know, it's going to be exciting. Hopefully it doesn't end. In a- I don't know for sure. I thought the first one was going to be exciting. 
<laughs> it was shaping up to be exciting because Tanoka, even though he got kicked in the nuts, was coming back on. Yeah, he, he was. Uh, he started like touching Raymond. Yeah. Raymond was having he was a walking him down. Yeah, and you know when Raymond's missing the target a little bit, it means yep. he's a little bit tired. Yep. You know, because he's been doing this forever. I mean, uh, but that see to me that JJ Wilson fight needs to be in there. Um, the Mads Burnell fight needs to be in there. They, the, those Mad, are, the Mads Burnell versus Rogers fight. Yeah, that is definitely. I can't believe it's the first fight of the night. That's crazy. Can't believe it. Yeah, that's crazy. I think if you guys are if you guys are a, a fan of just MMA in general, you guys need to tune into that fight right off the bat. You know, um, you could end up seeing two guys having to stand because Saul may not want to take him down because of submission threat. But Saul's done that to everyone. Yep, that's just, it, 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 Sal should not change what he does. Yeah, because if you look at Saul, Saul, Saul beat uh, who'd you just say? Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall took him down and beat him up. And Ryan Hall's a better grappler than Mads Bruno. Yeah. You know, so when you're talking, yeah, what he'll do. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's a who, There's there's some fights. Let's get into Sabah Hamasi versus Paul Simtex Daily. This has been they they have tried to book this thing how many times now? Three times. I think three times. Is this the third one? No, I think this is number four. To be honest, this is <laughs> number four. Number four. This is that Khabib Tony Ferguson shit. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I think uh, we're gonna get here. We'll see what happens. Uh, well, the best part of that fight, if you're actually gonna look at it, look at the weight. So that kind of tells you there may be a chance. Yes, because Paul Daly is having a hard time making 170 anymore. I didn't so even look at that. 175, baby. Yeah, I just assumed 170 and five pounds makes a huge difference. It's huge the difference. Last three pounds, you're just killing yourself going, fuck, why am I here? What am I doing this for? Nope. I got done cutting weight in college. I was like, never again. And my dumb ass gets into this. Your entire life. Every time, <laughs> my whole life. 20 years straight. I'm like, gosh. Man, it was brutal. Uh, but look, if that fight does come to fruition, finally, I mean, it's going to be fireworks. Yeah. You know, it's going to be fireworks. But I think you're going to see Sabah Hamasi wrestling a little bit. He he's not going to want to stand a whole. He will stand. He he could stand. I just don't think that for the duration of the whole round he should do that because he's going to have to mix it up. But he's also going to have to make sure that he doesn't shoot Raw Dog, you know, because we saw what happened to uh, what's his name? They tried to shoot Raw Dog on him. Brandon and, Ward. Yeah, Brandon Ward. He got fucking his, his head got knocked off in the fourth row. Just bolt. Just, I felt like it was the uh, what's his name of Overeem. <laughs> Nagano and Overeem. Yeah, Nagano and Overeem. It was horrible. I was like, oh, it was horrible. It's and so it, funny because yeah, on my Twitter they've been putting out that whole thing about uh, Diaz versus Daly over ten years ago. Oh yeah, that's you know, right. You know, and uh, what a great you know fight. And then it's like you know, John, would, would looking back on it, do you think maybe you shouldn't have stopped it? It's like, no. <laughs> you guys don't you know you don't get to see what i see yeah so when a guy's looking straight up with one eye and the other one's doing work this way it kind of tells you his brain's not not doing very well right now i still i still will say that's the best one round fight i've ever seen in my life it's unbelievable i was and, and that's the whole thing it's like you know you know people are saying of course i would have loved to have seen a second round i don't want to stop the fight it's fucking awesome yeah Who, you know of course you want to see the next one but I couldn't believe all do. that action took place in just one round. Oh, my God, man. So many things. So that many things. Fucking crazy. I was like, what? I'm going, God, this is insane. Paul Daly freaking blasted Diaz a couple of times, <laughs> knocking him down in that fight. Yep. You don't, you don't see a lot of people knocking Diaz down. 
Well, not only that, but then like he, then he was holding his head and trying to hit him on the side of the head, and he was landing a couple. Like, of dude, he kicked him to the kicked him to the body, and everyone was like, "Who kicked him to the head?" No, it hit no, the body. He, did, he can yeah. kick him to the body, you know. <laughs> but it was like he was going after, but it was so fast paced. Yeah. There was just no stop, no you know you know that that moment you get you get that little break and you can <sighs> take that breath. None. No. And then there was that last near the, the end when Diaz goes to the body and he hits Daly with a body shot that Daly was not ready for, and all the air goes. Yeah. And he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, that hurt. That's good shit, man. Yep. One of the Great fight. It was like the best uh, one round fight I've ever seen. I'll continue to say that that was the fight. Yep. Because I was sitting front row and I was I couldn't sit down the whole fight from beginning to end. I couldn't sit down. I was like, this is crazy. I can't believe this is happening. You know, but those those are the fights that I think <clears throat> that are like the throwback fights. And you think about the sport. And if I wanted to remind people, like there, you know, people have asked us, like if there was there was one fight you could yeah, sit watch in, fight. You know, I would say, like, obviously, like, there's other fights that are great for the full duration, like, in terms of, like, longer, but, sure. you know, that fight for sure is is right up there, even though it was only a one-round fight. Yep. Tons of great fights, though. <laughs> Bless me. Whew. All right. So, then we've got the two fights for the light heavyweight World Grand Prix, and these are both going to be good. Both of these fights, Josh. Yag Shemuradov is good. I'm telling you, I've been with him in Russia. He's not what people think. He's not just a wrestler. He moves all around the damn cage. He's got a lot of head movement, a lot of footwork. He hits hard. Uh, he's got good wrestling. I don't think he's as fast as Corey Anderson. I think that's the one advantage. You're telling me, no, you think he is as fast. No, he's not as fast. Oh, okay, all right. No, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's as fast as Corey Anderson, but if he touches Corey's chin, say goodnight. He's yeah, I don't that, know if he's he got power. Corey's chin. He's. I he don't might, know. Yeah. He defend a lot of takedowns. He's <laughs> a lot of takedowns. Corey, he, if he's Corey smart, he'll be punching his way into the clinch right away, and just trying to hang on him, trying to get on his head because Corey's a little bit taller. I want to say mm -hmm. Corey's what two six inches three? tall. Yeah, six, yeah. Three, six four or something like that. Corey's got to hang on that head, try and make him carry his weight. You know, he's going to have to do that. <clears throat> so, oh, he's only 5'11", Yogg Shemurinov. I thought he was six foot. Yeah, so he's four inches taller. So you just got to get up on top of him, hang on him a little bit, you know, and then when he can't hang on him, drop down on the legs and try and make him defend the takedowns. Make him a little tire, slow him down a little bit more. Corey's fast and explosive. He just, like you said, he's got to protect that chin. Yep. I think yep. that's the question mark with Corey since, uh, since, you know, for the last couple, what, seven fights, eight fights, there's been a question mark about the chin. He's got to make sure he keeps his chin tucked and he's – Stay in uh, defense as well, not just always offensive. You know, and people get on and you go, oh, he's got no chin. Dude, he got he got knocked out by Blahovich. Okay, Blahovich can hit. You know, big guy, strong guy. He's got power. It's like anybody. You get hit by him. Guess what's going to happen? Yeah. Good night. You know, it just happens. But I'm practice my head movement. So. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Like I see yeah. those videos of those guys slipping the 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 gun barrel. That's me. <laughs> I saw these fucking stupid videos. Guy with an AR-15 pointed at the guy's head. The guy's like, Let me show you what to do. Just move your head, and then face palm the guy. And the guy falls around <laughs> after he face palms him. Like, of course, doesn't even hit him face palm. He just grabs him by the face and throws him on the ground. Like, yeah, pushes him down because that's he's, the way it happens. Dude, his oh chi God. was incredible. So fucking insane. I'm thinking <laughs> myself, who eats this shit up? Are you guys kidding me? 
Oh, they're they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And then I click on the video to see like how stupid it is. And there's like four or 5,000 likes. You morons. Anyway. <laughs> like, do you guys not even read the comment section where it says, this guy's an idiot. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, the comments are just blowing them up. But then there's like four or 5,000 likes. I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyways. Okay, we got off track there. <laughs> Let's talk about the fights. But that should be a good fight. That should really be a good fight. But if you get into the Vadim Nemkov and the Phil Davis fight, it's a rematch. And it was a split decision before. Vadim won, obviously, because now he got to, then he got to fight for the title after that. But yep. Phil Davis was coming on. And, I mean, I had it 2-1. I think you had it 2-1 also when you scored it, right? I, I had Vadim winning two rounds for sure. I didn't yep. think it was a split decision. But Phil was starting to come on in that third round. He was? Why? After. I think it's the pressure. and Because he started wrestling. Yeah, that's he got him down. He was able to hold him down. He was able to do some damage. And that's the real question with Phil Davis. Yeah. Phil, are you going to wrestle? And you you just know that he's going to come out there standing. And, and Phil's smart. He's a smart guy, smart fighter. And he doesn't want to force anything. But you've already figured out how you had an advantage in that fight. It would be good to go back to that advantage somewhere as soon as you can, you know, same as, you know, what's Bader against, you know, Machito. You, we were looking to go, Hey, where, where's the place that Bader's going to win this fight? It's not on his feet. It's going to be on the ground. Look at what happened when he goes to the ground. Yeah. Go with your advantage. But here's the thing with Vadim Nemkov with Nemkov. What he needs to do is he needs to get back to his feet against Phil Davis. He yeah. can't afford like what he did with Ryan Bader. It worked against Ryan Bader. Cause Ryan Bader was almost seemed like he was, intimidated by the way he shifted his hips. Nemkov shifted his hips so much and was trying to mount an offense. Remember, he backed out of the guard. It was like he should have stayed on top and made him work from there. Nemkov needs to make sure he doesn't fall into that Kevin Holland position where he just is comfortable on his back losing rounds. If he does that, like against Phil Davis, Phil's good. He's really good on Oh, he's really good. Grappled with Phil a bunch of times. Phenomenal wrist control. He's got fucking huge, huge hands. Just grabs wrists and grabs the hand, grabs the side of the wrist. He's... He has a dominant top position. So if Nemkov gets, if he settles in on the bottom, he's going to have a tough go. He's going to get tired a lot faster, trying to carry somebody else's weight, plus trying to hit submission. You need, he needs to focus on getting his ass back up to his feet. If he doesn't do that, it could be a short night. Short rain. It, it, short like, rain. It would be yeah. a long night for him, though. It would be a long night and a short <laughs> rain if that, that being the <laughs> champion. So, um, I mean, everything says that Nemkov's going to win. I'm not, yeah, I don't know. I'm not ready to say that yet. No. I'm not ready to, and that's why we fight the fight, especially in a five round fight. Let's all remind people that these, this is both these light heavyweight fights are five rounds. The champion has to fight five rounds. So everybody else in the tournament has to fight five rounds to make sure that they're all equally being beat up the same amount, <laughs> you know? Or, and so that that's supposed to happen. So we will see Corey Anderson and Yakshamir I would say you're going to get at least probably three rounds out of it. I would say um, depends on how in shape Yogshmiradov comes in and how much he's Corey... been five rounds before. So yeah, let's see if Corey can get him down and push the pace on him and and grind him out on top. Corey's got to be on top to slow Yogshmiradov down, I think. And then you got Nemkov; he's got to make sure if he is wrestling that he's on top, which that's going to be a tough task for him. Or he's keeping that distance and sticking and moving and doing what he did to Ryan Bader once they got on the feet combinations and stay stay out of the line of sight in terms of the takedown so if he can do that i think he's got a chance yep. but this, fun this, night though. this fight card is gonna be a good fight card yeah. you know I, we we talked you guys into uh watching you know these first four fights that bellator's putting on you guys this this is a card that should not disappoint 
should be good from beginning to end. And the May 7th card is the one that you cannot miss. As long as everything stays good with COVID, that fight card is so damn stacked. Plus, not to mention, I mean, like, that the other light heavyweight uh, fight got bumped to that one because of uh, some illnesses and a couple little injuries and stuff. So, you know, Yoel Romero and Anthony Johnson will be on that card as well. So you guys will be foolish not to watch that fight card from beginning to end also. So if you guys haven't got your Showtime uh, subscription, make sure you guys hit the Showtime subscription and check them out, man. And if you can't watch it there, you can. I think you can watch the prelims on Showtime YouTube as well. Or Bell, maybe Bellator YouTube. It's one of those. It's Showtime YouTube or Bellator YouTube. Bellator YouTube, I think. Bellator yeah, YouTube channel for the prelims. You got to watch the prelims because oh, it's be, be there for the first fight. Brunel and Rogers should be really good. Oh, yeah, that's for this weekend. But the May 7th one is, is really good as well. Yep. So for both these cards. And they're stacking up the uh, the end of May card also. That's, that's May 21st. Card. Yeah, May 21st. That one's coming around as well. It's starting to shape up a little bit. So, uh, all right, wanted to keep you guys going on this. I mean, but you guys don't miss out on this card. It should be a, a fantastic card, and you guys should enjoy. Um, let's jump right into the UFC. Let's do it. Let's go, let's go. Um, let's see here. Jessica Penne is making her return. She got bumped because I think her opponent got COVID. COVID. So now, now they're uh, back to fighting. And so they got bumped, and that should be a good fight. I want to see I want to see her get a win. It's been a couple years since she's fought. What, two years since she fought? Almost three, right? More than that, yeah. Yeah, it's been like around three years. A uh, long time. So it would be nice to see her get back in. We gave her a little bit of props last time when she was supposed to fight. Yeah, her last fight was in 2015. Good God. 17, oh, sorry, 2017. I was like, good God. Four years to the Four day. Four years, man. Damn, that's brutal. Brutal. Long time. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see what effect that has. But like I said, I've seen her in training. Like I've seen her training. Like all of her videos and everyone that she's training with. She seems to be putting in all the work. She's never really stopped training. And so uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see how it all comes about. Hopefully, uh, good stuff from her. You know who I really like? I like watching Tracy Cortez. Yeah. Tracy I Cortez, told, good. I tried to get Bellator to sign her. Like back when she was just getting like getting going, and uh, they passed the ball on it. I'm like, man, I don't know, man. But I mean, she's in a good spot now, and wish her all the best of luck. Yeah, that's a fight she should actually she should win. I like Justine Kiss; she's a good fighter. Tracy's just a little bit better everywhere. Podcast Dave over here pulling up all the the back behind the scene photos of her. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. Creepy podcast, Dave. It's not creepy when it's on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> creepy. Oh, man. Uh, what other fights are here? The Luis Pena, man. Ross, the boss. <laughs> I mean, he, he's going to be coming back. He's been It's been a while since he fought. He's training AK. He, he actually used to teach for me here at my gym. Hey. You know, he used to help with the kids wrestling. About 6'3". He's a good guy. He's tall. He's fun, man. He's a funny guy. He's a great guy. It's just fun to be. Island Bob Ross. Come on, that's a. Gr- I love that as a as a uh, nickname. I can't believe he made. Oh, six three. I can't believe he makes fifty five. You're gonna. Insane. So crazy. He's got good stuff though. He's 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 a good. It's funny because. Um, I saw like I, I trained him a little bit. I was like, oh, you know, he's he's pretty good. You know, he's like this and that. We were just grappling, not sparring or anything. You know, we sparred a couple times in here and there, but nothing like nothing hard. But grappling wise, we grappled pretty hard with each other. And I was like, oh, you know, he's not bad. But then I saw him go with uh, Khabib, like hard sparring. And I was like, where was that when we were training? Like, why, why he was, taking, he, it, he was I, taking it easy on you. You're an old man. 
I think that's exactly what it was. I was like, bro, thanks for making me feel good about myself. There you go. I really felt that. I, I was watching him spar Khabib, and I'm like, Khabib take him down. He kind of like started to get back up. I'm like, there's no way. There's no like, yeah. Anyways, but he he uh he's good. He he moved from AKA. It's so expensive to live here. People just can't afford yeah. to not just in California, but in the Bay Area for sure. So all the fighters that are talking about being here, it's like. He moved out to ATT and he's like, God, it's so much nicer. He's like, I got my own place. He's like, you know, I mean, like the people here are amazing. The weather's always nice. I'm like, I could see you being in Florida, son. Yep. <laughs> being out there. Yep. So don't blame him at all. Good stuff for him, man. Good stuff. Um, are we getting to the point where Andre Olovsky should be calling it quits? Yes. Is it close? And I, and I love Andre. It's not, that's not, it's just, you know, this is, he's had 50 fights. Yeah. 20 of them losses now. And the real question is how many of them have been knockouts? Yeah. That's what you got to look at. And it's been a lot more than uh, it should be. Now, he, you know, his last couple of fights, you know, he lost by decision. I know he got a, he had a win also. So, you know, he's actually, he's been fighting well. Yeah. But I, I just don't want to see him. I just don't want to see him get hurt. That's all. Yeah. You know, he got, he got, I know he got knocked out by uh, Jarzinho Rosenstruck. That was a, a a knockout, but yeah, well, Tom John, Aspinall out of, out of his hurt, hurt him and then took him, you know, got got behind him and, and choked him. Out of his twenty losses, eleven of them have been a knockout. Yeah. He's been knocked out eleven times by. That's that's where you got to start to go. Eh, you're pushing the limits, man. Yeah, he's been around for so long. He was champion before I got into the UFC. Like, <laughs> I got here. In. Here, if you want to go back, I did. I did his first fight in the ufc and it was aaron brink and it was ufc 28 there he is right there so it Jeez. was a, a long time ago john with that photographic memory damn son yeah well he won that by armbar too it wasn't it wasn't like he knocked someone out he won by an armbar then he lost to rico rodriguez lost to pedro hizzo yep and he won a little run there yep yep he went on a good run for a while yeah, he beat he beat Tim Sylvia. Beat That's Justin. how he won the title. Yeah, Justin Eilers. Then he fought Justin Eilers, beats Justin, Paul Buentello. He knocked out in like 15 seconds. That was at yeah. the Mohegan Sun, and everyone thought I was an idiot for stopping the fight because they didn't see Paul get hit. Oh, jeez. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't I, when I was watching it. We were all watching. I think we were watching it all at AKA, and we were like, "What the fuck happened?" And then <laughs> when you see it from the other angle, yeah. you see he was out clean. Clean shot of a button, just stiff. And that was his game plan. His game plan was to go out there and try and make uh, Orlovsky see if he could handle the pressure. Yeah. Backfired, you know, because Paul landed some clean shots in that fight. The all 15 seconds of it, he landed like one or two good shots. Yeah. But, you know, uh, and then he had two losses back-to-back against Tim Sylvia. Yeah. Crazy. Nuts, man. Yeah, if you, if you think about that first one in uh, UFC 59, you know, he hurt Tim, had Tim down and was going after him and Tim made it back to his feet. And threw a shot, and bink, there goes Arlovsky. So, and everyone's like, "Oh shit!" Like, couldn't believe it. And they fought again, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he rattled, he rattled, he rattled off a bunch of wins after that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's been around for a long time. He's been he came to train at AKA for months. He was there, I think, when DC and there was DC Kane, uh, Mike Kyle. Uh, who else was there, man? There was a, there was a couple other heavyweights. Bobby South was kind of training with the heavyweights at the time, also. Yeah, they had all those guys there training. You remember his fight against Fedor? Oh, uh, in Affliction. Yeah, 
Yeah, where he he was winning the fight and he, he was doing good. He was he was pushing Fedor back. He was landing clean shots and decided I'm going to do a flying knee. That was a bad move. <laughs> it was like he's up in the air and Fedor throws a right hand and man, that just hit him and turned him around. He was out in the air. Yeah, and I remember they they showed a close up of his face like he was face down ass up and his and his eyes were like kind of Gone. Yeah, he was out, out. Yeah, crazy. But he was landing some clean shots against Fedor. He was he was landing a lot of clean shots. Yeah, he was doing well. Yeah, he had he had Fedor confused as far as the range, and then all of a sudden, blink. Damn, one of those ones. Everything's going your way until one shot. That's heavyweights. Man, that was crazy. Did you you ref that one? But then you did some announcing for the for, for Affliction, though, right? The next show? No, the first one. First one. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I was sold like a piece of meat. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, All right, well, let's get into that. Uh, the next fight. Jeremy Stevens and uh, Drakkar Close. Drakkar. Drakkar Close. Look, he, let's just, you know, look at it. That's a. That is a uh, a slugger's ball, because Drakkar Close just likes to come forward and sling leather. And guess what Jeremy Stevens likes to do yeah. too. So Drakkar uh, is the Drakkar uh, is more of a boxing stance type of fighter. He doesn't throw kicks quite as much, but Jeremy has kind of turned himself. He doesn't throw that many kicks anymore either. Mm-hmm. He's he's going more, but they both have heavy power. You know, if there's one thing you can say about Jeremy Stevens, Jeremy puts people out. Yes, he, he doesn't does. get TKOs. He gets KOs. You know, and so this might be one of the heaviest strikers there, you know, close has been in with. You know, he got knocked out. He had a great fight with uh, Benil Darush. And, uh, but this is Jeremy going back up to lightweight. He's not at featherweight anymore. Yeah, I think it's too much of a weight cut for him. I think it's good for him. I think it's good he's going back up to 155. I think he's gonna feel good, and this is. I think you you talk about hey, this is just a fun fight. That's a fun fight. That's someone's gonna go to sleep. When we when I when the Strikeforce got bought by the UFC and we went over there, we were I think I can't remember what card we were on together. It might have been it might have been the I think it was the Bobby Green fight, and we were cutting weight. I'm like, how in the fuck are you getting to this weight? Like I was like, he was, but I went there. I would go there. I went there on like to the twenty four hour fitness on. I want to say on Tuesday. He was already in the sauna. I just went there to like check in, and he was already in the sauna on Tuesday. I'm like, how much more you got to do? He's like, oh, I got like twenty eight or something like that. I was like, oh god, like on Tuesday. I mean, like getting me weight on Friday. I was like, you're fuck. He's like, I'm doing like four or five a night. I'm like. Absolutely not. But that's what Khabib and those guys do. Islam and Khabib, they they break it down like. They try to diet themselves down like up until the week of, and then they start Epsom salt bath like fucking Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way until they get to the fight. They do a couple pounds every night, and I'm like, God, no. Fuck, it's brutal. It's brutal. I also think a lot of what they do, I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of like Ramadan and stuff helps them prepare for the yeah. fact that they got to starve themselves because, you know, they, get, they, don't, they don't eat all day. Yeah, they can't. Well, not only do they not eat, they don't drink. Yeah. No, I no think water. They can drink during the day, right? 
New. I thought they were allowed to drink. New. All they were allowed to have was just drinking. During during light or uh-huh. daylight hours, yeah. no drinking, no eating. When the sun goes down, you can drink and eat. You know what's crazy is when they have um, Ramadan like in June or July. And like the days. That's horrible. Days are like six in the morning till oh. nine at night. Oh, it's horrible. I was like, gosh, there's just no way. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I'm like, oh. I will, I'll do Ramadan wintertime in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It's just, I mean, like, hey, I give, I give a lot. I, I tip my hat to them, man. That's a lot of dedication. I feel like uh, something sun about sun comes up at about eleven, is down at about one thirty. I think I can make it. <laughs> I, I tip my hat to them because there's a lot of dedication to it. Um, but I, and I think it also helps prepare them mentally for whatever it is comes their way because there's a lot of mental fortitude that goes through with that. Like you've got to yeah. be mentally strong to make sure you can get through that because, especially if you're training. Yeah. Well, majority of them don't really train. Like during Ramadan time, I know some of them have, but majority of them don't. Like especially when they get to that upper level, they're not trying to – they just know injuries can happen that way. But there's something to be said about fasting and cleansing your body for that duration. Bilal Bilal Muhammad had a fight during the middle of Ramadan, won the fight, and I was like, man, my hat's off to you, dude. Yeah. Well, because after dark, they can eat and drink. Yes. But they, they can't during the time when it's light. So it's just you're flipping your schedule around. But there's something to be said about cleansing your body that way. So then your body actually absorbs more of the nutrients from the food. So, the science behind it, I don't know. I've, I've listened to a couple of like. Kind of like a intermittent fasting. Yeah, but just for a longer duration. <laughs> you're fasting for fucking 12, 14 hours. God. Yeah, I do that all the time. I know it doesn't look like. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit look at dave podcast dave's thinking like fasting what's that like <laughs> my food as fast as i can is that what it is <laughs> that's all i can oh jeez. anyways uh but yeah that's uh so you have jeremy stevens should be a knockdown drag out fight that should be a good fight that's that's a really good fight and then of course the main event you and i talked a little bit on the phone today about this fight yeah and i think the winner of this should fight Vittori to see who fights for the title next. That's my take on it. Well, Gastelum is kind of a teammate of Vittori, if you think about it, because they're both out of King's MMA. Yeah. So that I don't think is going to be happening. But, I mean, for the number one, I mean, to see who's going to fight for the title, you might want to do it. You might. Uh, Whitaker, you look at, he's, man, he's gone through everybody they put in front of him. Now, yeah, he got beat, and he got pr- beat pretty handily by Izzy in that championship fight that he lost his title in. But other than that, man, he's had some he's had some nice fights. He beat Darren Till. He beat uh, Cannoneer. He's been looking good where you can look and say he should be the number one, and if he wins this fight, how can you not give him the title shot against Izzy? Okay. I can see where you're at. And I look, I've got some flack for people on from Australia saying, man, you got to give Whitaker some love. Yeah. And look, and I, I I'm, I'm not, giving him love. I think the guy's fantastic. I love him. I am not I here to him. argue the fact that he is fantastic. Like you were just saying, and he is definitely the number one contender. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I'm not arguing those points at all. What I'm saying is that when you have a number eight guy, I think is what Gaslam is. And he's fighting Whitaker. 
Gaslam gave Izzy a better fight than Whitaker did. Okay, so true. Pairing styles of styles of matchups, the UFC is not ready to put that matchup back together because they already know that the outcome wasn't good in the beginning, and it wasn't a very good performance by Whitaker either. And so it's it's hard to sell that. I'm only talking business point. It's hard to sell that to the public again. He finished him so easily in the first fight. Where's easier to sell the Gaslam fight. Yeah, and the Vittori fight. Either one is easier to sell than it is to sell the Whitaker fight. That's the problem. That, it has nothing to do with no love for Whitaker. It just has to do with when you look at who, how he fought against Izzy, it wasn't close. You know what I mean? It, it, I mean, so when you're talking about how it was with Gaslam, who was the number eight guy, and how it was with Vittori, who was a, it was a split decision, I believe, also in that fight. Yeah, it was. And that was a long time ago, and he's gotten a lot better since then, but so has Vittori. So that fight, though, as well. That's why I was suggesting that the winner of that fight fights. If I think if Whitaker wins, he should have to fight Vittori and then to see who fights for the title. Because then you have you have a storyline. Whitaker just smashed a guy who Izzy went the you know, a split decision with, and he's worked his way up to get to the top rankings. Gasolum, though, that wasn't a split decision. He beat him in a unanimous decision, as I recall. Yeah, but it was the fifth round was the, the the round that that round is where Izzy took over and almost stopped. Gastelum. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He put, he put a whooping on him in that fifth round. But other than that, you, if you look at any of the fighters that, as far as you know, even even Blahovich in his win against Izzy, he didn't really damage him. No. Kelvin damaged Izzy. Izzy was beat up. So, yeah, so. my my take would be on it is that if. Kelvin Gastelum beats Whitaker, then I think you could potentially give him an automatic title shot. I know he's not ranked in the top five. I think he's number eight, seven, or eight. But it's like there's a storyline there, that a really good storyline. The storyline with Whitaker is not there because he lost pretty easily to Izzy. So you're, and if I'm thinking pay-per-view dollars, if I'm thinking money, what the way I'm thinking, and I'm thinking in terms of like the UFC and the promotion, that's a hard sell. You need to have him beat Gaslam. You need to have him beat Vittori, who both had really close fights with Izzy, and say, look, he just smashed the two guys that we thought were going to give uh, Izzy a hard time. There's no doubt to give him that title shot now. And this has nothing. To, I, I like Whitaker a lot. I've liked him since he was – he fought at 170, I believe, right? He he fought a couple fights at 170. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he fought in the beginning of his career. He, yeah, because he was he was doing the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter show, I think, at 170 also. I believe so, yeah. And so, and then the weight cut, I think, finally just started getting him. He was having a hard time making the weight. He came up to 85. But I thought he's looked phenomenal. I love I love his personality. I love everything about him. You know, um, but when it comes down to it, I'm think I'm just letting you guys know that it comes down to dollars and cents as a promotion, and that's really what they're they're looking at right now. What can we do to make that fight worth putting back on? That's the hard part. Yeah. So it's not always about like, oh, I like that guy. No shit. We all like that guy. But guess what? When it comes time to make money, that's the part that you guys are missing. You guys are letting your emotions get in the way of what really, how business, how this business runs. The business. That's the hardest part. So, but I, I do, I wish him the best. Either way, I like both of them. Uh, you know, Kelvin was one of those guys. I think up until, up until the, the Izzy fight, I kind of was like, eh, he's okay. I enjoy watching him fight, but fuck. When he, oh, once, you, once you saw him fight Izzy. I was like, okay, I'm a I'm a diehard fan now. Love. Kelvin Ga Kelvin Gaslam is my version of the MMA Roberto Duran. Mm. I, I just Roberto Duran fought above his weight classes because he he would blow up, yeah, you because know, he was a lightweight when he started, and then he was fighting you know welterweight, and then he was fighting junior, 
uh, well, super welterweight, then junior middleweight, then middleweight. He went all the way up, man. It's just, and so I always look at I just the way that Kelvin throws, the way he comes in, and he fights, even though he's a southpaw all the time. I just, he's my version of Roberto Duran in MMA, and I love watching him. Yeah, he he won he won me over. He just won me over in the Izzy fight, and I was just thinking to myself, I can't miss this guy fighting anymore. So I just started becoming more of a fan of, after that. I mean, super nice guy. I think what happened was in the beginning, is I was kind of turned off, like because I, I I don't want to be I don't want to make it personal, but I was kind of turned off by the fact that when fighters don't make weight, and I think to myself because he had a hard time making one seventy, and the fact is he's that tweener. That 15 pounds, he's the tweener. He's the tweener that we talk about. There's a lot of guys that are in that that area. But those other guys, a lot of them were able to make weight. They just they didn't, just didn't perform well when they did make weight. You know, with him, he never really got there. And so that kind of turned me off a little bit with him. But then, then when I started watching him fight at 85, I'm like, man, you're a junkyard dog. You're someone's going to go out there, let it all hang out. And he's a grinder. He's <clears throat> got great cardio, got that barrel chest, you know, like just just exudes cardio. <laughs> like, like Kane, same shit. You're like, fuck got cardio, man. Get tired. Huh? Oh, good stuff. I mean, I, I'm, I like both of them, so I'm not going to pick a side, but ideally I think if Whitaker wins, he's going to have to fight someone like Vittori to get a title shot. If Gaslam wins, I could see them being like, all right. I don't see them putting Gaslam in the title. I don't see it either, but I could see if they did. Because it was such a great fight, the first one. I could see them saying like, hey, marketability-wise, we could say it was a knockdown drag. All the highlights from that fight, pff, I mean, that would that's a four-minute long or five-minute long highlight reel they could just clip together and be like, hey, this is why we're putting this fight back on. And everyone at home should be like, Oh shit! Okay, okay. Like I mean, all the hardcore fans and all even all the casuals would just be like drooling at the mouth to watch that fight again. Just my opinion. It would be good. I could actually see him taking you know, a guy that fell out of the fight. It was just last week here, you know, Darren Till. I could see them just taking him and going. If Kelvin Gastelum beats Whitaker, yeah, there goes Darren Till. But he's out for a while though. He's got a broken collarbone. Yeah, it's Oh, John, he's got a train. He'll be out for at least six weeks. You put the brace on. You can still train a little bit. You just, you know, take it easy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Uh, All right, well, hey, that's uh, that's our breakdown of those two cards for the the Bellator card as well as the UFC card. Bellator is on Friday on Showtime, and uh, UFC is on Saturday, the 17th. But it's on ESPN. Is it on ESPN and ESPN Plus? Let's check it out. What am I sure we're giving you guys? ESPN. I think it's on ESPN. Just regular ESPN. But the whole card, where are the prelims on? Yeah. It's on both. Oh, it's on both? So ESPN for the the prelims and then ESPN Plus for the main card. They're both on both. Oh, they're both on both? Okay. ESPN and Plus. See it? Okay. All right. Well, there you guys have it. So you guys search for it. If you guys listen to our show, we're giving you guys all the knowledge. And... Are we uh let's uh, let's jump right into this my bookie conversation, my man. Let's do it. <laughs> oh man, mybookie.ag. So the boxing match between MMA veteran Ben Askren and the YouTube Mr. Poodle himself. There you go. Call him the poodle. Poodle hair, I love it. Uh you guys oh, did, you, oh, did you see his tweet or his his no. little I'm sorry, his Instagram to Ben no. with his don't let your family watch. Oh. <laughs> 
Everyone keeps telling me he's good. I'm just, I don't buy it yet. I don't buy it yet. We'll see. Uh, I saw him hit the bag, and I was not impressed by his performance. Um, <laughs> place a single wager on mybookie.ag of $20 on the fight, and you'll get a, a free $20 bet from the UFC 261. So if you Not bad, and if you, if that's not enticing enough for you, back the former Olympian and MMA champion in Ben Askren, and you can get a two-to-one payout with my bookie. Odds boost on Ben Askren to win the fight outright, which, Josh Thompson, I believe both you and I kind of think it's going to end up being Ben Askren winning that fight because he's just a guy that he's been there, done that as far as competition. He he doesn't get nervous. He is not intimidated at all. And I think he's just going to try to bully Mr. Paul around for a while and tire him out with all that energy. Let him pound on him a little bit and then just start hitting him with shots. So if you guys use the promo code Wayne in when you guys sign up to take advantage of a <clears throat> up to a thousand dollar bonus on your first deposit up to a thousand dollar bonus. Let me say that again. Up money. A thousand dollar bonus. Okay. With your first initial deposit. So make sure you guys use that promo code Wayne in and you get all of what we just mentioned. So what's that promo code again? Wayne in. Oh, thank you. Can I spell it for you? <laughs> I don't want to mess it up just in case you guys have an idea of how to spell it. Uh, so the promo code Wayne in at mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Okay. You guys can use that. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into this poodle talk. Oh, let's talk, uh, some Jake poodle hair, Paul and, uh, Ben Askren. Well, you know, the odds have really, uh, they've changed. They have, uh, I think at the beginning when this thing was first put out, they had Jake Paul up at about a plus 245. Yeah. I'm sorry, minus 245. And they had uh, Askren somewhere around a minus 195, 185. I saw a couple different things. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I just, I just look at it, and I think in the end, as you know, and I do think that Jake Paul as a boxer is a better boxer than Ben Askren. I just don't think he's a better competitor. And that's the real difference. Yeah, because boxing is fairly simple as far as you know the angles and what you're going to do. It's the ability to put yourself in the right spot, but it is cardio intensive when someone is putting pressure on you. When you don't get to dictate when where that fight's taking place, where the engagements are taking place, you don't get that rest. It becomes exhausting pretty damn quick, and. uh since I've watched Jake Paul's fights and I've seen him against uh, the YouTuber, I can't even say the guy's name, and then I watched him against the basketball player, Nate Robinson, he hasn't had that. He hasn't had that down and dirty fight yet. So this, is, this should be interesting because I think Ben's going to try to push him around. I think Ben's going to be in the, just going to start walking towards him. And, you know, obviously anybody can be put out, but I'm going to go with Jake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm definitely. Ben. I'm going with Ben, and like I, like I said, I think what he's gonna do, he's just gonna walk him down with his hands up. Ben might try to slip a punch here and there, you know, but he's just gonna try to get in his grill. He's gonna try to get head to head with him, and he's gonna try to make him fight in a phone booth. <laughs> and when you got somebody with with almost no experience, Jake Paul, okay, and Ben Askren with all the experience in the higher level of competition, 
All Ben's got to do is get pressure on him and just start touching him. And and the one thing that makes Ben really good is people don't understand how relaxed he is. Yep. Everything he does, he's extremely relaxed. And, and he's extremely intelligent. Yeah, and he can just he's walk smart. things off. So even if he did lose, you guys saw how he handled the Mazadol situation. He handled it with class, and he just kind of handled it like, you know, no big deal, whatever, no sweat off his back. You know, he got paid. That's his thing, and it's like he's gonna get paid on this one. So he, there's no pressure for him. He doesn't put, he doesn't carry that pressure like most people do. He's like, I'm gonna go in there, I'm gonna walk him down, I'm gonna cover, I'm gonna, you know, block my, uh, block, try to block the big shots, maybe slip one or two. And he's gonna just, he's gonna just grind on him. I could even see him trying to kind of like hang on Jake Paul a little oh, bit. Oh, he is gonna try. He's gonna grab his head, pull it down. He's gonna try to just hang on him. You but know, that's and, what a referee's gonna. Do breaking him apart so but still every time he breaks him apart i could see penn just jumping right back into that phone booth and trying to make jake paul fight from the from moving backwards is going to be a really tough situation extremely tough and so when you have a guy who is using distance speed and power and using his athleticism to do things and now you make him fight in a phone booth totally different yeah it's gonna be different he's gonna be thinking he's getting bullied around he's not gonna understand that pressure I think, like you said, Ben's going to have to suffer. He's going to have to suffer the first two rounds of just taking yep. shots and moving and hopefully he doesn't get hit with something big. But if he can get past those two rounds, I think he can I think he'll have a good go for the next couple, uh, what, four or five more rounds? Well, I think it's an eight-round fight. So. Eight round fights. And they're three-minute rounds. People need to understand how hard it is to spar and to, to move around and to make, it the, let, make the level of intensity go up when it's the real fight for three minutes. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. It really is, and I, I've been in some of the most, in some of the best shape of my life, and sparred with like some of the top boxers, you know, Robert Guerrero, and I got to tell you, three minutes in the in the in the ring with him, fucking brutal, just brutal, and it all like just touching you, moving you, touching you, moving you, and it's just like man, the pressure they put on, you just most MMA athletes and most MMA fighters or people that have that haven't boxed at that level, it's hard for them to understand the pressure until they're in there. It's it's easy to talk about if you've done it, but to, to make someone understand what it is, it's totally different. It's tough, and I just I don't my my real question is does Ben have the skill set because a good boxer has the ability to come if they're the, if they're that guy that's going to come in and fight in that phone booth, stick a foot in the tire, and they're going to stay there right in the middle of the chest. They're so good at it that you you feel like can't breathe i can't get space i can't get space to throw my own shots you know and that's if ben can do that to uh jake paul he's gonna he's gonna wear him down and then he's gonna light him up because when you're tired bad things happen in the ring yeah if ben does that jake's gonna have to be able to cut angles if he can't cut angles it's gonna be a really fucking long night for him i don't think he's good enough to continuously cut angles i don't think he's had enough experience to continuously cut angles because you'll see Guys that are actually good amateur fighters, when they start to get tired, they're they're in that fight that all of a sudden that they've thrown a lot and then things haven't gone their way, and they're starting to do. You watch them all of a sudden they're backing straight up and they're doing things. That you go, mm. you know, it takes a while to get that ingrained in you. Oh yeah, so. I'm watching this with Nate Robinson. Oh yeah, I'm just I, every second I'm watching this, I'm thinking Ben's gonna win this fight. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> You're going you to see, boxer. Oh, you're going just, a basketball player with just the fact that Jake bends down at the waist the yep. way he does right there. He's like, dude. I mean, he's got to be careful. He leads with his head when he misses shots. Sure. He leads with his head, so he's got to yep. be careful. 
like that. Like you said, he bends down. Yep. He likes to leave with that left that left hook also. He likes to leave with that. All right. Well, where's that at? That's on what is it? Triller. That's the pay per view. That's a pay per view. You got to pay forty nine ninety five. Yeah. Nah, that's really okay, have so. to. You can get the live stream. We'll let. <laughs> we'll send that live stream out information to yeah. you. Also, Frank Mir is fighting that, and that's not a good fight at all for Frank. Yeah. Hey, Frank. Frank is fighting an actual real boxer, and Frank is going to figure out why he fought MMA. <laughs> yeah. Frank, there's no submissions in this. What are you doing, buddy? Oh my God. Yeah. Not not the not the best matchup. Money does strange things to us. Yes, it does. I mean, I wish him the very best. I want him to oh, win. I, I love Frank. Frank's one of my boys, but it's just not a good matchup for him. Cunningham is a real fighter, real boxer, and Frank is hes out of his league mm-hmm. in a boxing match with that guy. All right, John, well, let's jump into some news. What do you got for the uh, podcast, Dave? So um, first piece is just Tony com- coming out and um, kind of commenting on his losses from last year. Um, he's talked about how, um, you know, he kind of fit fell out of love with the game after you know losing the Khabib fight interim belts dangled in front of him um he said it is what it is but he's changed his approach and he's you know he's ready for the Benil fight yeah John I can speak from experience like you're riding high you're the interim champion like I was never the interim champion but I'm saying like you think you're getting the title shot and that was twice I thought I was getting a title shot in the UFC and there's been multiple times like in you know in in strike force and thinking you were going to get a title shot. And then there was one more fight, one more, you know, whatever it was. And with the, with the Benson fight, <clears throat> I lost that fight. I was supposed to get a title shot before that didn't come to fruition, took the Benson fight, lost that fight. It's all the work that he had, he's done leading up to that. And then when, once you lose your fight, you see it all come crashing down. And then it's, it's just a mindset of just, you've got to refocus and try to get it going again, but it's hard, especially at the age that he's at. That's the hardest part. You're like, I spent five, six years building myself to this point, And now at one loss and it sets you back another two years. Yep. And so I'm glad that he's able to, he stepped away from whatever it is he was doing. He headed up, he was headed down to a wild card. You know, he's training a little bit here and there, but it's like, he has a different mindset. Like he said, I haven't really even sparred yet. I think that was also good for him. He knows how to fight. He doesn't like he doesn't need to spar more. He he already knows how to fight. He knows everything he needs to do. He just needs to train a little bit smarter, I think, and make some changes here and there. I, I want look, I, I think people think that I have some ill will toward him. I really like Tony. I like him a lot. And uh I love his tenacity in the cage. I felt that tenacity in the cage. It's nasty. You know, but he's a he's a he's a really good guy. I have nothing bad to say about him. Um, all everything about him, I think he's a true warrior, and I love watching him fight. I, if he's on the pay per view, I'm buying it because he's on there. You know, I like the guy a lot. Just you, I had to be, I had to give that reality check not to him, but to everybody. Like if you guys are watching, it, I could see the UFC doing him dirty because he is getting older, and that's kind of what they do to older fighters. You know, they try to, you know, they're they're paying him a lot, and they try to get him out of there. I'm glad that he took some time off, and I'm excited to see him fight again. It's a tough fight against Darius, but it, I think it's going to be a great fight, though. It's a good fight for him, though, I think. Yeah. If you're looking at it, you go, as he matches up, Darius does certain things very well. Tony matches him very well in those areas. So you know, it's exactly what you're saying. It's tough. 
you know, when you're riding high and things are going good and you just keep on putting win after win after win, you know, in line, and then all of a sudden it gets derailed. And then you got you to gotta figure out, okay, what happened? And I'm not sure that he really did the right thing off of that first loss to Gaethje. And when he went in with Oliveira, you know, showed, showed some huge balls. You know, that arm bar that he put up with, trust me, his arm was jacked. Yeah. Okay, That was not you know, something that most people would have tapped out on that. Tony's absolutely nuts and won't. He's just a, he's just a tough son of a bitch. He has no give up in him. Um, and I think the fact that he's now taking a look at things and starting to train with a couple of different people and reflecting on, well, how did I get here and what, what has gone wrong for me that has changed things up? That's exactly what you got to do. You got to learn from those losses. That it, The one thing that a loss will do for you is give you the chance to look, all right, what, what went wrong and reflect on it and pick it out and then use that for your motivation in your next training camp to come back and say, okay, I'm not going to let that happen again yeah. because you got to have a target. You got to have something to a goal. You got to have something that you're shooting for. And I think he kind of has that now. I think that it, this is a good spot for him. Like you said, get a little older, but he's slowing down a little bit and that, that may be a big difference in his fighting, but he is still unpredictable in the, when he's in the cage, what he does, his elbows that he throws are just sharp and clean. He fights super well on the inside. So I hope Tony has an incredible fight. I love Benil. I love Tony. And, you know, both been at my gym when, when I had it and stuff, and Tony trained there and stuff. Both of them are great guys, but, you know, this is why you fight. I think style, I agree with you. Stylistically, it makes for a very good fight. They're both long. They're both lanky. They both fight a, a you know, long-distance kind of fight. They lunge in a little bit here and there with their strikes, and they leave themselves out of position, but they, they make it work for them. Yep. It's their style of fighting. And uh, they're both phenomenal on the ground. They're both good on the feet. Uh, they're fun. They're both fun to watch. Yeah. So I can't, I can't help but think this is going to be fireworks. And I'm yeah, just, I think it's great. Um, what else you got for us there, podcast, Dave? Um, next story is quite a convoluted, convoluted one where... Con- Go ahead, say that again. Convoluted. 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 Jeez, buddy. Uh, I know, sorry, you don't get the big words. No, you guys... <laughs> aren't you from the UK area? Don't, I thought you guys invented the fucking word English. You guys can't even speak it. The word English? <laughs> the language. The language? Yeah, whatever. Let's go, buddy. It's hard to work with you. Come on. Sometimes. Let's uh, go. So, speaking of UK, anyway, well, not quite, but Connor and Dustin are going back and forth uh, on Twitter today. Uh, it started out where Dustin had come out and made comments about Connor not um, making a charity donation. Um, and then Connor responds, uh, you know, got, gets heated, of course, Ali, uh, Abdulaziz uh, interferes and then Michael Chan. Why would Ali actually interfere? How? Well, what's going on there? Come on. So <laughs> Dustin comes out and says, talks about Connor's prediction because Connor thinks he's going to knock him out. And then Dustin comes out and says, uh, that's a fun prediction. Uh, Connor, you also predicted a donation to my foundation and you and your team stopped responding after the fight in January. See you soon. July 10th, paid in full. And then Ali comes out and says, Pay the man as you promised. These money going to people who have needs when could be promised. He kept his word and wrote a check. If you don't donate to Dustin Foundation, you're not a man. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to, I think he's going to, Ali likes to insert himself into those positions to make Khabib look good, which is true. Khabib did hit, did what he said he was going to do. And, um, but he's also doing it to kind of insert, if something does fall apart, he wants to put Justin Gaethje Justin in. Gaethje. Put one of his guys in there, which is smart, you know, um, as a manager. But it, it's, it's very, it's, it's, you can see it coming from a mile away. <laughs> no. If, if, if Connor says the fight's off, okay, well, who's Connor going to fight then? Insert Ali. Here you go. Justin Gaethje's here. Islam Makachev's here. The fights are to be had. And so, uh, you know, Ali's always got that. He's always working that angle, and that's, that's what your managers are supposed to do. So, realistically, though, I mean, I, I don't know, like you said, there, he's not going to, Connor's not going to dictate who he fights. No, no the, the real the thing that everyone needs to figure out here. Both of these guys signed a contract for that fight. Now, if Connor pulls out of the fight, he can do that, but he's not going to pull out of the fight and fight somebody else. That ain't going to happen. All right. They both have signed a contract. The UFC has both these guys fighting on July 10th. Now, if Connor says, Oh, I'm hurt, I'm out, then they're going to put somebody in with Dustin Poirier. They're not going to remove Dustin. Dustin's not pulling out of anything. So. This is a, it's not the situation where you can't have a fighter in a position where he's going, okay, I'm fighting. I'm not going to fight him now. No, you're going to find me somebody else. No, you don't do that. That's, you're losing control of your business if you're the UFC, if you're allowing that to happen. They kind of lost control a couple of years ago when they were letting them dictate. <laughs> yeah. So and uh, hold on. And they kind of learned from it. So yeah, I, th I think, uh, you know, like I said, Connor could pull out of the fight. I don't think Connor's pulling out of the fight. I think Connor is just being Connor and he's talking. You know, and uh, my, my, my honest opinion is I think he should pull out of the fight. And if he does pull out of the fight, Dustin will regret the fact that he didn't fight for the title. That's one. Two is Dustin doesn't need to fight anybody else. Dustin can just wait for, to see who wins the Oliveira and, and Chandler fight. And, and insert fight. Dustin in it. And then insert here comes insert Connor McGregor after Dustin, if Dustin does win the title or whoever he fights. You know what I mean? Like Dustin can wait to see who wins that title shot. Then he can fight the winner, and then you can insert Connor to give him more time to learn how to check kicks. And then he can go, he can go <laughs> fight the winner of that. He can jump the line. I'm just being honest. Like as much as everyone wants to wants to bash on him and do whatever, he can do that because that's what the UFC is going to do. They know that he's going to bring more pay per view eyes than any of the other fighters that are on that card. Whether sure. it's Oliveira, whether it's Chandler, whether it's Dustin. So. Honestly, I mean, if Conor was smart, he would. I mean, he had always coming off a loss. That's the only hard part he's going to have is fighting for that title. But I really believe, as much as people like Dana White will bend over backwards for that guy, he'll say, Oh, what? You want to get a fight? Okay. You want to fight for the title? They'll do it. They just know. They know that it's the fight was already supposed to happen. Now there were some problems. They'll pull. He, if he drops out, Dustin fights the winner of Chandler and Oliveira and slide yourself in there with Conor McGregor and he'll fight for the title. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I look at it. I look at it from a business point of view. John, you know you're smirking a little bit because you know I'm fucking telling the truth. John, <laughs> John's like, yeah, baby. Yeah. Money talks. <laughs> money talks. John doesn't even know what to say. That's that. Yeah, money talks, man. That's what <laughs> it is, man. Yeah, I, I, I still, if you're the UFC, you cannot have. I don't care who it is. You can't have someone dictating. Yeah. Okay, I signed a contract to fight this guy. Oh, no, I'm mad at him because he, he put out a tweet about me not donating money that I said I would, and so I'm going to 
say, yep, you're out of the fight. We'll get me somebody new. Can't yeah. have it. Can't do it. No, you can't have it. But we've seen the UFC do things that they weren't supposed to. <laughs> hey, but you know what? They're they're honestly they're handling this like this this situation with and without Connor and now without Khabib. They're handling the situation pretty damn well. You know, I mean, considering like I would have never have thought they were gonna put Oliveira and Chandler together for the title because I thought they would just wait for Dustin and get done with the Connor situation and whoever the winner of that was was gonna fight one of those guys. But they they jumped the line and they said, No, we'll make this the we'll make this for the title. And the winner of this will fight the winner of I would imagine Connor and, and Dustin, which made sense. Right. It made sense for everything sure below them. Just so, sucks if you're Justin Gaethje too. Yeah, it does. It does, but he hasn't fought since the Khabib fight. I know. You know, so you you got to get it going. I mean, there's if you, if you're not an active fighter, and that's that kind of falls into the Tony situation, where Tony he jumped right back in, which was kind of a bad call. I'm glad that Justin's making some taking some time, but it's hard because everything you worked for, you finally got there and didn't go your way, and now you've got to build yourself back up. Confidence is key in this game. It's confidence is key in all sports, but it's specifically fighting, whether it's boxing, MMA, kickboxing, whatever it is. His confidence, I don't know what it is. It's not what it was before that fight, though, I can tell you that. You know what I mean? And that, that goes for every fighter. Almost every fighter when they lose, I mean, except for maybe Ben Askren, who just lets it fly over his head. He doesn't even care. Like, he just walks in every fight like, well, whatever, I'm just here to do my job and get out of here. Other fighters, there's an emotional attachment to the fact that we're riding high. We're, we're winning fights. We're fighting for a title. You know, and so I want to know what he's going to look like after that. I know it's easier to shake off fights, you know, when he fought, you know, uh, Dustin, I think the... First, was he? Uh, they only fought once, right? Him and Dustin. Dustin. Yeah. Yeah. They only fought once, but like him and when him and Dustin fought, he lost to Dustin, and you know the Eddie fight. Like it's it's kind of like those were knockdown, drag out fights. Those are easier fights to kind of shake off. Like, hey, it just wasn't my night. He caught me, whatever it was, you know. But when you fight someone like Khabib, and, and he, there was not a moment in that fight he was in it. Maybe the first two minutes where he was chasing Khabib around, you know, or you know trying to defend off stuff. You know what it was. And so, but when you look Are back. Are you kidding? You know how many people said he won that first round? No. <laughs> no absolutely not. Um, but yeah, when, but then you go and you watch that fight. If you're Justin, you're going, damn. Like, that was my moment, and I fought him, and it was, it, 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 didn't, it didn't go my way. And there wasn't a moment in there where, sure, there were some moments where you landed some shots, but there wasn't a moment in there where you were dominating the fight. And so you look back, and you're like, damn, what do I got to do to get back to that level? You start questioning everything you're doing. He's a fucking he's he's got a lot going on like in terms of he's a he can be a smart fighter. We've seen that. We've also seen him not be a smart fighter, but he's got the he's got something that not every fighter is born with. That's just the grittiness to suck it up, take shots oh, and push he's tough as hell. He's tough as hell, man. He is a, he has no give up. No, none. Absolutely none. And we saw that with the Khabib fight, you know, no thoughts of really tapping. Just I mean I didn't see him tap unless I'm recalling. They look like it looked like he was getting ready. Kind of looked like it, but Jason Herzog said, "I don't think that's what's <laughs> until he went to sleep." So, so but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I feel bad for him as well, like you were saying. Yeah. You know, it's just you know when you when you're that guy and you reach that thing and now you're stuck because there's really no one there for you now with the way they they've put it all together. You're going if you're Justin, you're looking you got to go down quite a few. Uh, spots on that ranking thing so it's like yeah right now he's kind of stuck michael chandler wants to fight at ufc 262 and ufc 264 what he wants to do is he wants to make sure if someone falls off that connor fight 
whether it's Connor or Dustin, he can slide himself right. Insert Michael Chandler. Yeah. Um, good luck with that. If it's Connor, <laughs> Dustin Poirier falls off, there's no way Connor's going to fight you. He's like, no, totally different styles of fight. He's like, I'm not, I'm not prepared for that. And there's no way I'm going to put it all on the line for, you know, for that. It won't happen. <clears throat> so if it was Dustin, I could see Dustin doing it. I think Dustin is, I think he trains for everything. You know, I think Connor's at a stage in his career. He's like, nope, specifically focusing on this one guy. And that's what I'm going to do. And that style is so completely different. Oh, yeah. So completely different. But with uh, Dustin, Dustin's phenomenal all the way around. You know, good wrestling, good submissions, you know, obviously Southpaw. Um, that makes for a good fight. So I can see him trying I can see him trying to slide in there. I mean, I think they'd have to make it worth Dustin's time, you know, money. But I don't think he would do it either. Michael Chandler's got enough on his hands at, at two sixty two. Yeah. Don't start don't start thinking of, uh ahead of it. You do that or past it, you're making a mistake. Yep. Get How crazy would it be if Chandler got subbed? Ooh, you know, I mean, never been done. Charles is good, man, and we is good. Chandler give up his back because he thinks you know he 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 hasn't been subbed. Yep. And, uh, you don't want Charles on your back. You know, I mean, yeah, well, you do not. Yeah, and so I mean, we've seen guys like Brent Primus on on Chandler's back. He does a great job of wrist control, and he spins out of it, gets right back in there. But Charles is that long, lanky, flexible enough to get the legs up over the head, armbar position. He's gonna have a hard time finishing it because I don't think. I don't think Charles is as strong as nowhere near as strong as Chandler and trying to finish those arms. I mean, those little stumpy arms. You also got to figure that Chandler has fought multiple people that are similar to Oliveira, similar mm-hmm. in their jiu-jitsu style and the way they set things up. So, Koichi mm-hmm. Yamauchi is damn good on the ground. He is. Michael Chandler took him there because he figured he can't submit me there and prove that he couldn't. So, you know, it's... Uh, It'll be an interesting fight. Yeah. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. We are. I am, too. I am, too. Nice to see fans in the crowd, too. We will see. Maybe. Kevin Holland, give us give it to us. Um, Kevin Holland says he wants to work in his wrestling with DC, a.k.a. Smart move. Do it. You need it. Yeah, you might want to bring your checkbook, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to live in this fucking area. I'm it's, selling my house, so. Yeah, it's so expensive, man. It's so expensive. He didn't say he was going to live here. He just said he's going to work on his wrestling. Yeah, but condos, like, you rent a little townhouse here, like a little two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath here. It's fucking like five five grand a month. I know. These guys can't afford That's That's crazy. Nuts. You know, to get a month worth of wrestling or two months worth of wrestling in, it's just not, nah, it's going to be hard. If you stay in, a, if you stay in an extended state for cheaper than that here. It's like it's seriously like the extended stays here for like twenty five hundred bucks a month. You got a, you got everything you need in there. You go to you rent a you rent a, a place. It's fucking like four or five grand. It's nuts. And they're they're not, uh, anyways. I don't even get into it. <laughs> it's expensive. It's Kevin Holland's money. Let him spend it the way he wants. Yeah, that's true. We'll have at it, son. I love walking distance from AKA. Hit me up, Kevin. <laughs> Oh, man. So, I mean, I think it's a good idea. I mean, you've got a lot of good guys that are there. You've got Deron Wynn. You've got Kyle Kretschmere. You've got DC. I mean, there's other guys that are there as well. Um, you know, I mean, guys that are around his size. I mean, Deron's not really his height, but <laughs> Deron got that wrestling dog. He's good. Super good, Deron. Um, yeah. I mean, there's other guys that are there. We'll give him some work, too. So, who knows? We'll see. And we saw Tony Johnson just fought. I mean, his wrestling's not good in terms of that, but, like, 
he, I mean, he's got a lot better since we saw. He, they'd be willing to stand and bang with you a little bit as well as trying to get you, get you to the ground. That's a start. You know, you're not going to get in there and just wrestle against Iran right off the bat. You know, he's got to handle you. So, anyways, at least he's like, I look at it this way. At least Kevin Holland is looking and saying, "All right, here's where I'm seeing. I got a hold of my game, and I got, I got to, I got to take and do something to patch this hole so people cannot use this blueprint to." try to get another win against me so it's the right move by kevin holland congratulations for uh being smart enough and humble enough to say hey i need to do this and that's good yeah i think it's not just the wrestling though john like there was moments where he could not just the wrestling but the but the wrestling will at least get him to the point where he's stopping the takedown more and then maybe it'll help him in the scrambles of getting himself back to his feet so he can get back to what he's going to do yeah, because there was a lot of times where he was trying to land up kicks and the up kick was gone, and he kept trying to do it, and he ended up getting like stacked pass and then passed and like just you know there was those those type of situations. That's that's a low fight IQ in those type of situations. He's he's a smart fighter. He does a lot of good stuff. You know, he just got to clean up a couple little areas. I mean, we we talked about him for the last year and a half because he exploded onto the scene. He's good. He has the ability. He's good. Style is good for the sport. So it's just a matter of him cleaning up those small little details. I think he could eventually make a run at the title. So I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm just saying he can make a run at it. What else you got for us? And this next piece is John sent us earlier. And it was- <laughs> this is awesome. All right, guys. We want you guys to watch this video. And we want you guys to to see what you think is wrong. And John's going to talk about it as well. But this is great. I love this. So I'll post a link to the video in the in the video description, um, so uh, so you guys can click on it and watch it on Twitter. This as well. is great. Watch what you guys just pay attention to the ref. This is the ACA Young Eagles, and so it's, uh, it's their young fighters. Here's your referee. And start. Never ever leave fighters by themselves. He goes over, picks something up. The cage door is open, and they just start fighting because man, they're there to fight. I love that. Oh, we got a knockdown. Oh, let me run over here. Oh, stop what you're doing. <laughs> I think we have a problem. Oh, my God. That's crazy. The ref That's just, the, like, is not even near them as they start fighting. Watch he the just, ref- turn, just turns his back on him, starts walking away. And this is where you look and you go, see, everyone thinks, oh, refereeing. You know, and it's like, there's things that you know you you cannot do. And this is why you... Come in between people. You tell them back up. All those things. You don't ever take your eyes off. <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> you know what's even more funny is if you go back a little bit on the video. Let's back at the start right now. Okay. There's another part. There's another ref on the other side where the door is open on that side. Yeah, that's the door guy. And he never closes it. And when he sees him fighting, he kind of like. And then he kind of actually gets in the cage when the guy gets knocked down. Yeah, I was like, he tries oh. to run over. And then the other, the original ref actually finally turns around and see what the fuck's going on. Yep. Yeah, the cage guy on the far right corner. He, he's the standing there open. now. He's just standing there going, what the yeah, hell? Now he's running in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and look, we've, we've had people, you know, cage door people that don't put the pin in and guys hit the door, all those things that fall out and stuff. So, you know, all of it. There's there's a systematic way of doing something, and when you don't do it, this is what happens. Yeah, Bobby Southworth, he fell through the cage. With, he did. Uh, God, what was his name? James Irvin, wasn't it? James Irvin, it was James Irvin. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, like, just come on, man. Ruffian 101. 
<laughs> rapping one on one. Sometimes there's no one on one. Is more uh, like oh one. What else you got? Uh, we'll jump into some fan questions. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a couple of them. Do it. Uh, all right. Well, the first fan question comes from Mattis De Wild, and he asks, "What is the most underrated aspect of MMA?" Ooh, underrated aspect. Like style? I read the question to you. Oh, to me, the, I'll make it real simple. To me, the most underrated aspect in people when they're watching now MMA of 2021, the underrated aspect of it is they do not understand how much it takes to get there how many different styles of fighting you have to actually be proficient in at this point, because it's not like it was in the past. It's for people of today fighting in MMA, it's underappreciated how good they are at a multitude of things. They're not, you know, they're not uh, the best in the world at it. They're damn good at it. And then they're damn good at another aspect and they're damn good at another aspect. So, that's what I think is the most underappreciated thing when people are watching MMA. Yeah, they think it's just people off of a bar stool just stepping in the cage, <laughs> didn't do any running or cardio or any of that shit, and they just think that they can do it. Um, I, you know, I really couldn't tell you. I think it really, it really, like I agree with you. It really has come down to just just a lot of the fans and the casuals being casuals. And not giving the fighters the due respect that it, they think it takes to to be an athlete. It doesn't matter. It takes to get there. Yeah, just the and it's exhausting. It's exhausting to see a guy that is sitting on his fucking couch in his underwear eating Doritos, fucking saying, "Oh yeah, I would have fucking finished him." Doritos are good though. That shit happens. <laughs> like it's it, it is. I think, but if you don't think about that and just keep moving forward, uh, that's good. But I mean, it's. Yeah, I would say the underappreciation from the everyday person is probably is probably there. What else you got? Uh, Sam McLean asks, uh, what makes the lead uppercut so dangerous to throw in MMA? How do you minimize that danger to make the technique more practical in an MMA skill set? Josh? I think the lead uppercut's dangerous to throw in boxing as well. It is. Why? Explain why. I mean, you're just, you're lo you're lowering your hand to get it underneath, and you're leaving your chin wide out in the fucking it open. It takes a long time for that punch through the setup and the actual, you know, throwing of it. It takes a while for it to get there. Do you know means you, you could be straight shotted right and pop you back, and you get hurt while you when your punch never lands. You know who the guys you throw that against? Jake Poodle Paul. Yeah, that's, that's what you throw it against. Guys that lunge in with punches and dip their head down. Dip their head down. That's the punch to throw it. You know, you just got to make sure that he's committed to whatever it is he's throwing. Like, he likes to lead with that left, that leading left hook. But he dips his head as he throws it. So when he does that, I mean, if Ben was smart, he would just cover on that side and throw a little. And it doesn't have to be hard. That's the misconception with the uppercuts. All I got to do, and also, too, the uppercut is to lift the chin. So whatever punch I throw next, it lands clean. It's well, about so that 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 right lead uppercut or that left lead uppercut is followed by a right or a left hook. It's all about lifting the chin so I can hit you with the hook, and then after I hit you with the hook, try and finish with a straight it's punch. Straight. Right pipe. Hey, look at that! Yeah. <laughs> Boxing one on one podcast. Learn that shit. <laughs> next. next question comes from Tam A. 
and he asked, does Big John have any cop stories he can share? Others have asked, wondered the same thing from the comments in previous videos. Stay awesome, guys. Stop trying to use the guys from the comment section, okay, to, to feed your question, buddy. We understood. That's why we're answering it, okay? It's not them. <laughs> you want to know. That's what it is. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Take it away. I mean, cop stories. Lots. I have all kinds of cop stories, but it's like, you know, which ones can you actually share and, you know, what what is done? Tell us a funny one. A funny one? I got to think of a funny one. Now. I don't want to know I'm any. So, I'm so old, I don't even think about what was done. I don't want to know any death ones or. Oh, no type of stuff here's what i'll give you it's kind of interesting don't bring our show down with some death okay bring you some bring us some funny stuff well i don't know if it's funny kind of funny uh, one time i'm chasing this kid he, goes, he runs up into an apartment and he was wanted on a warrant and I, I run up to there and he's he's running up the stairs and he goes up about five five uh flights of stairs and uh he falls down and when he falls down, it sounds kind of loud, man. It makes a big bang, right? And I'm like, damn, I was like, I grab a hold of him, put him up, and I put his hands on top of his head because I got to search him. And I search him, right? And he's kind of like just leaning down, right? He's like, you know, starting to slouch. I said, stand up, right? You know, what, what is wrong with you, man? You, you run, you, you, even me, I'm not out of breath yet, right? And it's like, talking to him. And I put his hands behind his back and I cuff him. And I start walking him down the steps. I get him all the way outside, right? And I look, and he's got one little red dot right in the middle of his chest right here. Right? And I'm like, what the hell was that from? Right? And all of a sudden, I see the red dot starts getting long. It's going down, right? And pull, pull his shirt up, and he's got the damn red dot in the middle of his chest here. Well, he had a 25 auto in his hand when he fell down. He shot himself and ended up going. Hits him right in the middle of the chest, but it travels up his peck. And it sits right up on top of his shoulder, right up here. And that's that's why he was like, eh, "I'm going down." <laughs> so well, that was kind of fun. That's that's crazy. That's yeah, cr that's, that's every day. Come on, man. Gosh, <laughs> man. Hey, he lived. I'm assuming he lived. Oh man, he's lucky he didn't shoot himself in the heart. Damn lucky he didn't shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky he didn't shoot you. I'd have shot him back. <laughs> Oh, all right. What else you got? All right. Next question comes from a Josh T. And he says, how does John not know what the back of the head is? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole. Were you uh, wondering for a second there? Yeah, Josh oh, T. Yeah. Uh, I had to get that one in. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Uh, next I wonder who the hell would ever have their name Josh T. All right. That's why I, that's why I used at the real punk. <laughs> Uh, William Delval wants to know, with Khabib retired and Jones declining, is Usman now the pound-for-pound pound best? Usman? I mean, it, until until uh, Jones is out of the equation, uh, he's the pound-for-pound pound best. And Khabib's retired, and I would have still probably had John there. I mean, I think Khabib was there because he was... But they're both relatively undefeated. The only reason why I would have put Khabib ahead of John is just because he didn't have any back problems with you know USADA and so forth that's the only reason why to put him ahead that was it no other reason you know John's been doing it longer John's defended it more and, and everything like that I would have put you know if John didn't have any of those issues from the past like I would have but there'd be no doubt there there still to me is no doubt who is who's done it longer and, and that type of stuff but I still kind of hold it in that regard kind of situation 
But outside of that, I mean, like, who else would there be? I mean, it would be probably Usman for them, you know. I mean, who else? Who else would be the Izzy? Maybe Izzy. Izzy's twenty-one, and or sorry, he's got one loss now, you know. But that's it at two hundred five. But Izzy, Izzy's. I would say I'd probably put Izzy ahead of Usman. It's hard to though. He just came out. He's coming off a loss. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a tough one right there. Yeah, that's tough. But he went up. He challenged himself. I mean, yeah. Yeah, like if you put either one you put there, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not complaining to be honest. I'm not complaining, you know. I mean, like if if Max had beat uh, Volk the second time, I would have probably put him there just to be, to be there. Um, where else? I mean, honestly, why 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 are the females not in this conversation? Why is Amanda Nunes not there? Good point. I mean, if 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 John's if John Jones out, like you got like this guy just said. Or this person, I don't know if it's a guy or not. Just put, just said, like, why is Amanda Nunes not there, or or the other one, um, Shevchenko? Shevchenko. Both of those. I mean, Shevchenko, her only loss to Amanda, and that was a weight class that she shouldn't have really been fighting in. And Liz Carmouche. And Liz Carmouche. Yeah. Okay. And so, long time. It was the cut. Never should have been stopped. Yeah. And so you have that fight, but I would probably put Amanda there, just to be honest. If if John Jones is out of the equation, just my yeah. I think you answered. Next one comes from Black Napoleon, and he asks, Josh and Big John, what is your favorite color turtleneck? Turtleneck? What's that? Uh, turtle- First off, I don't own a turtleneck. <laughs> Not do I. <laughs> because why would I want something that's itchy up on my neck? But uh, if I was going to have a turtleneck, it'd be black. I have a real easy wardrobe. Yeah. It's black. This is something rare. I'm wearing red here. <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of uh, style function or anything. It's real simple. I wear black. Makes it simple. Yeah, I wear a lot more colors, but I, yeah. I probably would still be with black. <laughs> would <probably laughs> still be black. I could see maybe like a, a darker gray, but that's really definitely the same shit. Black. First off, I, I don't own a turtleneck, though, to be honest. So. Have you ever owned a turtleneck? Yes. Yes, I did when I was... I want to say it was popular when I was like nine, ten. I was gifted one, never wore it. <laughs> I was about nine or ten, I think, is when they when they were in style a little bit. Yeah, yeah it was kind of that Z Cavaricci era. I don't know when was that. That was in like nine. 19- the hell did you just say Z yeah. Cavaricci? The, the pants. They were like the oh you no, know, they're like the bodybuilder pants. I didn't. Oh no, those, those are. That shit those are I call those butterfucos. Yeah, those are those are bodybuilder pants. That's the butterfuco area. Cavariches were like that. They were cut narrower down at the legs, at the ankle, but they were bigger at the top. And they were was pla- pleated, pleated. Zubas was one. Body Alive was what I wore because I had a friend that owned that business. So. Mm. God, those they're going to make a comeback soon. Watch the MC Hammer pants. <laughs> Legit. They were comfortable. Hey, hey, yeah. So are sweats these days. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, next one comes from Anders Newberg, and he asks, "How do you guys think a fight between Blackowitz and or Blahovitz, whatever, uh, versus Bader would go?" Hashtag and still. Blahovitz and Bader right now. I I personally believe Bader would have to take Blahovitz down, and if he didn't, Blahovitz would end up causing him problems on the feet. Yeah, I mean. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. I, I think Blahovich right now with the way that he's fighting, he beats Bader. You know, 
But I mean, I, I would give Bader a, a solid chance if he got a takedown. Yeah. If, if Bader gets the takedown on that, Bader is, he's tough on top, and he's not easy to get back to your feet with. So Blahovich would have a hard time with that. I think Blahovich in the stand up, he has the advantage, I think. I think he uh, is crisper with the stand up. Um, they both have power, but Blahovich, I think, you know, he's got good power in his hands, but. He's good, you know. He, he's good on the ground. I'm not saying he's not, but when you have certain guys and that are heavy and they're uh, they're good at putting pressure on you and they're good at lacing your hands and tying up a leg and pounding on you, which Bader is damn good at. Mm-hmm. I think on the ground, if Bader was on top, Blahovich is going to have some problems. Now, if Blahovich is on top, I think he's doing well. I think Bader has a hard time getting him down, though. Yeah, I'm not too sure. That blast double, I don't think it's gonna work against him. I think I think the way to take uh Blahovich down, he's gotta snatch the single, pull, turn, cut angles. He's gotta he's gotta wrestle him more like a Frankie Edgar style of wrestling. And I don't know if Bader can get back into that type because he has blast doubles he's had so much success with his blast double. Yeah. So I I think size wise, I think Blahovich is probably what a little bit bigger than him. No. No? Negative. The same? Yeah. Well, you know, Bader's, what, 6'2", I'd say? Yeah, walks around 235, 230. Yeah. Blahovich is 6'2", 6'3". Yeah. And Blahovich six, is... 6'2", as well, apparently. 6'2". Six, six, All right. Yep. Okay. Both are getting older in the tooth. Same. Oh, yeah, they are. 37, 38. Oh, well, hey. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Oh, that'd be fun. Put it together. <laughs> let's go what else you got uh, two more two more two more okay i am whb asks um the ufc is looking to go public yet some fighters are still making 10k per fight what do you guys think about that what was the first part is the ufc gonna go public the ufc is looking to go looking pu- to go public yeah look at the us the ufc going public and the whole thing with that that's why they don't want to pay john jones what john jones wants to make to fight Kind of like yeah. Francis and Gano. That affects the bottom line. It affects the way their investors will look because their you know ratios are going to change. So you know they're a business, and, and that's what people people don't get into this. You know they don't understand. They're in it to make money. You know that's just the way it is. Do I you know do I want to see the fighters making more money? Absolutely. I wish they paid fighters you know a lot more money. But when you have fighters that will fight for what is not a whole lot, then they're going to use them. And that's just the way it is. And that's, you know, this is when, you know, all of you, you know, all of you are sitting there and you're, oh, the UFC is so good. And so they are good. But this is why you need other promotions. So fighters have a place that they can actually see what I can make at the UFC or what I can make at Bellator or what I can make at the PFL or what I can make at 1FC, you need those because if you didn't have them, then trust me, they're going to be making even less money. So this is a, you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have just this one thing and then you want them to pay the fighters what you want them to be paid. That's why you need other promotions to force that force that equation where they end up having to pay guys what they're worth 
John, I think we've been approaching this conversation the wrong way. Hear I it. think we have to explain to people that listen to this show. We talk all of MMA. <clears throat> yep. So we talk one. We talk Bellator. We've talk, we will talk PFL You know when they have their event. And we talk the UFC. The way we need to, I think, feel like we need to approach this is that for all of the fans that are out there, all the hardcores and all you guys, if you guys are listening to this, you want the fighters to make more money. You need to start watching all the other platforms. Yep. Because that's what's going to help boost those other platforms to make it competitive for, for the UFC. You want fighters to make, if you guys are talking about a fighters union, I see, you know how many old retired fighters I see um, on Twitter bashing the UFC? I, I'm, not, I'm not here to bash them. I'm here to simply say, like, if you guys, if you guys really want to see change, start promoting all the other organizations as much as you guys talk about the UFC. All you're doing is bringing more light to the UFC when all you do is bash the UFC, and when all you do is talk about bash the other one. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, all they're doing is they're making people just continue to to see the word UFC or the letters UFC, UFC, UFC. Every time they post, this is why we want a fighters union. This is why we want this. No, start the the approach should be if you guys want to see change in the sport. Period. Just watch all the other promotions, okay? And if more people start watching all the other promotions, it'll start showing that these fighters need there needs there needs to be more of a competition. That fighters will be able to start going to other promotions and making the equivalent amount of money or close to the equivalent amount of money. Some of the fighters have left the UFC for more money at Bellator or even at one. You know, look at Eddie and Demetrius. They left because of money. Well, Demetrius was traded, but he left for money. I mean, the money was there. And he's, you know, he's collecting a pretty nice check. So if you guys, the approach should be. Well, especially if you're the other fighters that used to fight in the UFC or you guys didn't, you know, didn't ever made it there and you guys don't like how the UFC runs their business, whatever it is. Okay. You guys, the approach needs to be, you guys need to be pumping these other organizations and just start tweeting about Bellator, tweeting about one, tweeting about PFL. Every time they've got a big fight card coming up, tweeting about it, just pushing it out there, putting it on your Facebook, putting it on your Instagram. Make sure you guys tune in tonight on this show. Like, you know, Bellator's on Showtime now. You know, one's on TNT. You've got PFL is on, I think it's on Fight Pass, ESPN. right? You, no, you know, ESPN. Or is it ESPN? Tune into that. That will start attracting more of the fighters to see that, look, these other shows are getting a lot of love. Okay, I can go there too and make good money because now those shows are actually seeing revenue come in with the more people that tweet about it. If you want to make a difference instead of just complaining about unionization and the, you know, and the UFC, the UFC's building a hotel in Vegas. To have their fighters. That's their next step. They're going to start. They're not going to go to the, the MGM or any other. They're building their own UFC hotel. You know? And so like, yeah, they've got the money. But it's because all people do is talk about the UFC. Start sharing the wealth of this other thing. If you guys really want to see change, that's the way to do it. Just my opinion. What do you think? I thought our approach is always like trying to justify to other people why they should watch other shows. No. The justification is if you really want to see change... Start spreading, start start telling everybody about the other shows and which fighters to to talk about. You know, talk about Eddie Alvarez and Demetrius or Nastu Timothy Nastukin is fighting for the the lightweight title and in, in one coming up. That guy's a dog, man. I did I did the commentary with one. He's phenomenal. He's got big knockout power. Stand up is tough. 
and he's just when he touches your chin, you go to sleep. You know, and his fight with Eddie Alvarez, he was the one that beat Eddie Alvarez. So if you guys want to watch these fights, check out one. They've got him fighting for the title in the main event. You know, like every time I've, I've always said this, every time Patricio, Douglas Lima, Gegard, you know, now Nemkov, anytime those guys are on a card, man, you guys got to tune in. Those guys are nasty good, you know. And then that the, our 135-pound bantamweight division is stacked. And in terms of PFL, you've got uh, Anthony Pettis. He's fighting. And he's got a tough matchup. I can't remember the guy's name. Clay Collard. Clay Collard. So like, there's fights to be seen. If you guys want to help these fighters make more money, and I know I sound like a broken record. I've said it seven times in the last two minutes. Start spreading Start spreading good news about well, just, just support the sport of MMA, not just one promotion. Yeah, but that comes with tweeting, posting about when, they're, when the show's on, talking about what fights you're excited to see. Get to know the sport and get to know the fighters and then start sharing that out to your social media, your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter. And I'm telling you right now, that will make a big change right off the bat. So instead of being negative, let's be positive about the other promotions instead of being negative about one. I think spreading the positivity about other fighters that you know that are good, it's going to help the sport grow. You know, and that's going to bring more money to the fighters' dollars. Or banks, I mean. Or pockets. Pockets, there you go. <laughs> last one? Yeah, last one. All right, Dahoge asks, for both John and Josh, what is y'all's favorite place you have traveled during your careers in combat sports? Oh, mine's easy. Well, let's go. Let's hear it. South Africa. Gosh, <laughs> everything about South Africa is fucking amazing. Like, I mean, it, it, I I went there with someone who was born and raised there with Trevor Prangley. Yeah. Beautiful. We we stayed in a nice five star resort right on the on the ocean, but then we also stayed with his family for a couple of weeks. So I got both experiences of like the normal everyday life, living and you know his family owns a farm. You know they've got a bunch of stuff. You know like they have a bunch of chickens and horses and everything else. I mean, the very first day I walked into his his onto his farm, he takes me in the back and we went back to go get some chickens. And there was a big, huge black. It was a wasn't a it was a they called it like a mole snake or something like that or a big long black snake curled up in the chicken coop. And I'm like, oh, he's gonna eat your chickens? Like, no, he eats the eggs, you know. So it's just and I was like, oh shit! Like the reality of just you know it was, but it was a beautiful, beautiful country, beautiful area. We climbed Lion's Head. You know, we went uh, hiking in the Britannia Gardens there. There's a lot of nice things about it. Like great, uh, there's like, uh, what's it called? There's a place called Lemnos. And it's like a, a pastry place, but it's on every damn corner. And I mean, I left there, pro- I, I went there weighing probably like 170. I think I came back about 185. <laughs> it was brutal. But uh, it was good, man. It was really good. I, It's beautiful place. And, and the women there, oh, gorgeous. Oh. gorgeous i would say majority of them are like five eight to six foot six one crystal blue eyes like an olive skin blondish brownish hair beautiful women just absolutely gorgeous and there's four foot two josh just and there i am up. four foot two josh just trying to like <laughs> trying to pick up you want to dance you want to dance and they're like looking down at me like no son go back home to your mom <laughs> Just gorgeous though, but beautiful. It's a beautiful country. Um, went to the wineries, beautiful, and great wineries there. Absolutely amazing. Did a uh, safari, like did that, like went out on a safari for two days. It was amazing. Trevor had a connection with the with the people that own the the safari, and so um, we got to like kind of play with like the baby lions, and it was it was awesome, man. It was great, great experience. That's my favorite place. You needed to play with adult lions. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> John over here trying to get me killed. Uh, uh, you know, I've been, I've been so many places. I've been very lucky. And uh, 
I will tell you, I love Germany. I love Austria. I think they're beautiful, but I love history. And so Italy has got some of the greatest history because of the Roman Empire. And to see the things that were done there, I really enjoy uh, a lot of Italy. So I would, I would say Italy or Austria are my two favorites. Austria's got the old style houses, right? With like the. Oh, they're gorgeous. Yeah, with the uh, straw, not straw. What's it called? Oh, no, 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 no. But they look like it. It looked. It's, I know what you're saying, but they're. God, what are they called? I can't remember what they're called. The style of roof. Dave, what's the style? Ireland's got, Ireland's got that a lot. The yeah, thatch they, roofs. They, yeah, thatch. The thatch, thatch roofs. Those yeah, thatch yeah. style roofs, yeah. So, but just, yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, and then, what did you say? What was your other one? Germany or Italy? Italy and Austria are probably. Austria is beautiful. Yeah. Just gorgeous, you know. It's like where you know they do the sound of music and stuff like that, and you're like, "Oh, there's the mountains there." My, but uh, I love the history of Italy. Yeah, I didn't get to go to that Italy show. I was so pissed. I was so mad. What do you mean? You've been in Italy? Yeah, I know. In we went to Milan, though. We went to Milan. It was beautiful. Rome there was a lot of history there as well. Yeah. John almost threw some guy off the damn church there. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned. I see. I'm, I'm a much calmer person. That was the first time I ever seen you. You mad. could tell. You could tell after last week, right? <laughs> you know, that's the first time i'd ever seen you mad yeah yeah and, that, and the th i'm just glad miss mccarthy was there to settle you down <laughs> i was like thank god uh but no it was uh yeah it was beautiful the food there was phenomenal we, we kind of ruined the first night of going to the steak place i was yeah. like yeah, what are we doing in italy order going to a steakhouse we should have went in the but then the next night we went to that pasta place oh so bad i got the pumpkin spice with the thick noodle wrapped it was so awesome i was Dude, look at you even remember it very you good remember. And, and that's surprising. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember much, but it was it was beautiful there. The my bucket list is Switzerland. Like I want to go there. I, one of my best friends is from there. He's born and raised there, and he lives there now. He went back after a couple of years. Swiss Alps are beautiful. Yeah, I just I want to go. I've never been. It's like my bucket yeah. list. I want to go to. So that's it. <clears throat> is that everything? <clears throat> what do you think, John? I think we're good show? to go, baby. That was a good show. All right, guys. Well, hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the little button off to the corner that has a little bell next to it so you get the notifications. This is our midweek show, so we drop it a little bit different times here and there. What time do you think we're dropping at this time? Just so we can give you guys a heads up. But 10 a.m. Pacific. So 10 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday morning. All right. So we're going we're gonna to give them a heads up at the end of the show. I like that. Yeah, we're going to give them a heads up. But you still need to hit that little button <laughs> because you know what? Dave one day might just look at the, the algorithm and all the little stats of it and be like, you know what? Maybe we should drop it at 9. Yeah. You guys will miss it for a whole hour. That's on you. So as soon as you guys see the show is up, hit that uh, thumbs up. You don't have to worry about you know um, watching the show yet because you already know it's going to be a good show. We are the GOAT for a reason, okay? So let's just bypass all that. Just go right to the thumbs up. All right? And um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. And uh, obviously, we all know what the promo code is. It's And, and still... You guys know, and you know, and we have Cinco de Mayo. The Cinco de Mayo shirt is up, and that will be there until May 5th. Good. Looking good. It looks awesome. Like it. So make sure you guys pick one of those up because that is a limited edition. We will not drop that again. Um, there will be a different design for next Cinco de Mayo. Maybe. We don't know yet. We haven't decided. That's too far ahead. Okay. <laughs> but this Cinco de Mayo, this is the limited edition shirt. So enjoy and uh, pick one of those up with the promo code and still. Big John, what you got? Uh, everyone will got one on Thursday night. You got Bellator on Friday night. You got the UFC on Saturday night. And when you're done watching the UFC, you can watch Poodlehead against Ben Askren 
So have a good time watching all the fights, and we will see you.